Hello and welcome. This is the Regenerative Life Podcast, a space that's been curated to help you live, learn and lead in a way that's nourishing for you, kind to others and great for the planet too. I'm your host, Meg Berryman, and I'm so excited to dive into this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. How are you traveling this week? I'm sitting here on my bed um, where all my greatest work gets done. We have this super annoying situation where there's no PowerPoints around our kitchen table and our space is a very multifunctional space. So we don't have like desks and so forth, just the kitchen table, which also is the art table, which also is our office space when we're not working in the studio that's um, outside the house. And Dave has taken the girls up to the river today. And so I am relishing in the quietness of the house and hanging out on my bed, talking to you. And I really wanted to um, record this episode while everything was still really fresh. And for those of you who don't know, I'm a verbal processor. Um, I make sense of things by speaking them. Um, by sensing how the words taste and feel in my body. I also guess metabolize emotion that way. And so you're going to be doing that right alongside me today as I share all that's been moving through me this week, around me, with our family. And I want to share some insights that are coming through about that because they feel like they have great relevance for where we stand um, as a collective and as individuals navigating this path of system change. So for those folks listening in Melbourne, um, huge shout out to you guys. You've done an incredible job to survive lockdown for all the many, many months that you have been navigating restrictions. I bow down to you, my friends, and I don't want to gaslight or bypass all that is uh, going to emerge from this place. Also don't want to not acknowledge how much harder COVID has made and our response to COVID has made life for so many. But I also want to say I am witnessing you and I my greatest hope is for you too as you emerge back into wild ways, ways where there's more choice, um, that you really celebrate the resourcefulness and the resilience um, that I've witnessed in you this past year. For those of you listening elsewhere that are either going back into lockdown or maybe just traveling with other things, other challenge, just want to say and sending you so much warmth and love and, uh, real acknowledgement of just the shit fight that has been 2020. (laughs) So love all round for you all. Much gratitude for being here with me. Um, I don't know really where to start this story. So what I'll start with is the macro and then go into the micro. And I'm calling this the great unraveling. I hope you enjoy. So those of you who've been following along for a while know that Dave and I, for the past five years, have been experimenting with this mystical balance between meeting our financial needs. Um, We don't have grand plans of um, 
wealth accumulation for the sake of it, but we do uh, know roughly what we need to survive um, and to meet our deeper needs um, for uh, holistic health care um, as well as uh, adventure as well as being able to support financially causes and other folks that need it. So we know roughly what that is now. And so it's always been this balance, particularly more challenging with kids, um, around how do we meet that financial need um, and financial desire whilst also doing work that is impactful socially, um, whilst also building community whilst also regenerating the land that we live on, whilst also caring for ourselves. And so during that five years, there's been cycles, of course, where we're moving more toward energy and finances being spent in one area and energy and finances being spent in another. And that's natural, right, that we're cyclical beings, that we never can really meet and nourish all those needs at exactly the same time. But I guess the, the crux of it is, is like, this question around how do we work enough um, doing work that we love so that it's not uh, depleting, it's actually adding to the system, supporting and nourishing the system, the family system and the community system. Um, But knowing when we hit over that tipping point and, and we do and we have moved into places where we're working too many hours, um, and that that actually starts to take away from what it is that we're trying to move toward. And actually it requires more financial investment to enable us to work at that level for that amount of time. And so there's this balance and it's not a figure, it's not a number, it's a felt sense, right, that we're always tracking and attuning to. And I would say that during 2020, There's been expansion in some areas in terms of my business. Um, Dave's work has been for the first time in five years really steady and that's enabled um, some flexibility elsewhere. But I would say that this year with COVID, with the um, movement away from, I guess, social engagement, adventure, community, um, that work has kind of increased in terms of the amount of time we're, we're spending on it uh, in, in net terms, right? So um, overlaid with that, as some of you may know, we've also had a year of increasingly complex health needs um, being expressed by our eldest daughter, Millie. And it's really interesting, right, because... In the middle of the year, our dog, Chester, started um, losing a lot of weight. We didn't really know why. And recently we've had worms grow through our chickens um, from some other chickens that we introduced a little while ago. And so our chicken flock is not as healthy as it could be. It's, they've started demonstrating, you know, they're just getting more respiratory stuff, more viral stuff which is always a sign that like the biome of the flock is not supporting them. At the same time, I'm noticing Chester and his gut not really functioning after um, he had an operation and lots of antibiotics. I mean, it's never functioned well, right? Anyone that has met Chester knows that he's the fartiest, um, 
and I love him to bits, but like for a border collie Kelpie, he's not at the top of the intelligent range, I would say. He's a lot of impulse and instinct, which is what they're bred for. Um, but he's not like a Labrador that has the capacity and intelligence to um, like know when he's meeting, uh, when his instincts are going to um, lead him into a place of near death, for example. Um, and so just noticing this stuff, right? A couple of months, last months, I've also been on a really big journey with my um, regenerating my microbiome again this year after um, kids. So I, um, when we lived overseas for a lot of years and I worked overseas and um, stressful jobs and travel and vicarious trauma and uh, a, um, you know, two and a half decades of conditioning, um, my body really fell apart five years ago. Most of you know um, that the work I do in the world today was built from that pivot point, um, although it integrates what came before. But So I did a lot of gut healing back then, and then this year just really felt the call to um, restore, regenerate my body to support where I wanted to move to in my business and the relationship with my kids and all of that. And so right, there's been this like systemic situation happening in our family also with Dave around our gut health and we eat really well we grow a lot of our own food um we our animals eat really well (laughs) um because they eat a lot of food that we eat um so I guess that normal place that you go to, which is that we all go to, which is like to gaslight ourselves and say, oh, it must be something that we're doing wrong. Like, of course there's been that, but there's also been this sense that like this system that I'm in, my family system, the system of my animals is reflecting back to me something about the imbalance in the collective, something about imbalance. So that has been going on. Circling back to this question of our eldest daughter, um, always been highly sensitive. Um, but in terms of like, again, what, um, the traditional kind of approach to even holistic health would say she had uh, a beautiful birth, water birth. She had, she was breastfed for two years, like things that we say, um, should support health and overall wellbeing. Um, she's still been having a really hard time and we've narrowed it down to um, something going on in her gut as well. And so you start to be like, what is it about our systems, particularly our food systems, that is creating this imbalance and um, how do we move forward? And so a really big struggle for us this year has been um, a growing uncertainty about her being, um, she goes to daycare two days a week and we've just had this growing uncertainty of like whether that's the right thing for her particular system, for her particular needs at this point in time. And because traditionally culture orients us around um, 
how, like, orients us around the question, how do I make money, right? Like, all of our lives are built around that question. And yet, Dave and I are trying to build a life around different questions. And yet, we haven't been able to find a way to feel safe in our bodies, um, feel like we have the capacity to not have our kids in daycare, particularly even if it was a desire, particularly in the context of COVID where we haven't had support, we don't have family support um, in, in our local area. And so really that question has been too overwhelming. And anyone that's been in conversation with me this year will know that I have danced and come so close to the edge as Millie's symptoms flare. And look, they flare um, in lots of different ways. Um, but there is a correlation between, I think, the stress um, that she feels in daycare. She loves going, but um, for whatever reason, that space is um, creating um, flares in her symptoms. When she comes home, um, viral illnesses also do it. Um, certain foods also do it. And so that makes total sense, right, that the gut... Um, and our stress response are intimately connected by the vagus nerve. And so we've kind of always had this sense that we will probably not send our kids to a mainstream school, not because we have any judgment against anyone who does, um, simply because for us um, we want to look at different ways that feel more regenerative for all of us. And particularly in the context of Millie always being really highly sensitive and always, um, I guess, thriving more in nature um, around smaller groups, that our sense is that um, a mainstream school may have not always been the greatest, most supportive thing for her and therefore... For all of us, but we just keep coming back to this question, as many people have, I think, this year of like, how is it possible that we're going to homeschool while still also meeting our financial needs? It's a really long way of summing all of that up. So this last week, she got another cold and um, two nights ago, three nights ago, she was up all night. And for anyone that has a child... Um, that uh, has flares in symptoms in this way. Um, it's really terrifying and scary for her and it's really terrifying and scary for us. And we have a lot of resourcing around us now that's taken some time and we're really finding the specialists that are helping us through this. Um, but two, two nights ago it was just, kind of the straw that broke the camel's back we uh, I hadn't been increasingly not being able to work um because her separation anxiety gets so bad during these flares that um I need to be available basically all day on and off um also to be available for our youngest who also needs care and attention and so the last couple of weeks, as these flares have been getting progressively kind of worse, um, really feeling that accumulation of like needing to find a different way, but not quite knowing how and feeling, I guess, frozen around it. 
um, because still I think I was wedded to traditional ways of doing business. Um, I was I've worked through a lot this year around um, my patterning of feeling um, unsafe in my own body, feeling overwhelmed and meeting that with actually going out and tending to everyone else around me rather than really finding supports to lean into for myself in that moment. Um, and so, yeah, it was just, it was just this accumulation, this freezing, I was getting no work done, but it was kind of like this whole year has been, um, trying to get her there to be able to go to school. And the thing is that the daycare is incredible. They've been so wonderful. It's nothing against them or anyone that goes there. It is like this thing is not working for this child in this particular season of life. And yet there was part of us that was still not accepting that because we didn't feel resourced or have capacity. And I, and I really don't hold judgment or shame about that because there's been things unfolding in the background that we've been working on around our communication and our relationship around like these ideas that we have for wild schooling. Um, there's been us in the background doing our own personal therapy work, um, doing this regeneration work of our own bodies. All of that has been leading to this point right? To be able to step into, there has to be a reimagined way here. Um, because we don't necessarily want our lives to be oriented around the question of, um, how do I make the most money? And we are open to different ways of doing that, I guess whilst also feeling safe enough to be able to daydream and vision and try and experiment. So this week, two nights ago, it was just horrendous. Now I was also sick with a cold. Um, and we, it just kind of, for want of a better word, broke us. Um, and we made the decision the next day, just finally acknowledging all of that accumulation of the whole year of really wanting to get her there um, and, and her not being there, you know, um, that we just made the call and said we're going to pull her out for the rest of the year and see what happens. Um, and for the first day or so I was really tender and the strange thing was what was coming up was actually my own belonging. What was coming up was this shame that I can't exist within the systems that everyone else seems to thrive in. And speaking with a couple of beautiful people over the last few days, I mean, there's a general acknowledgement and understanding that none of us are probably saying, but which I will say because I'm comfortable doing so in myself, that I don't think these systems really work for anyone. And as I always say, I think we can acknowledge um, feedback without knowing the solution. And I think that we are so unaccustomed and uncomfortable navigating this messy middle transition, like transitory part, that 
not knowing how to fix or change something really creates um, shame. And we feel like it is our job when we acknowledge feedback to fix or change it because we're not really willing to sit in this messy part of like, holy shit, I don't feel like I belong. And actually what's coming up is that I feel a lot of shame about the fact that I can't be in these systems and like I can't and now my kids can't. And um, that's kind of the way that society and others and ourselves we all gaslight this situation is by um is by not holding space for these moments of reckoning and pivoting and so no what I know to be deeply true having navigated this with in myself in so many ways stepping outside my career system stepping outside wellness and my identity there and now really having to look at education um what I know to be true is that I can hold both so much love for the systems and my privilege within them and I want to use that privilege wisely to dismantle the ways that these systems oppress others And at the same time, I can be really discontent with them. I can hold those both. I can hold that ambiguity now, and I didn't used to be able to. I also know, having felt all of this shame come up when I burnt out, was that these shame stories are not my own. They are the voice of these systems that say to belong you need to sacrifice and that's and that hold that threat over us in order to keep us conforming and compliant and so I know that this is going to pass and give way to a sense of healthy challenge and empowerment and that I'll pivot and we will transition as a family. And then I know that the resources and the resilience that's built through that process will carry us forward into whatever the next iteration is and that this will work for a while and then we'll pivot again when things accumulate and get, um, and get too difficult and that we need to find different ways. I'm also kind of beginning to sense you probably will all laugh at this, but I'm beginning to sense that maybe um, I was never really built to be in those systems. And I think that some people can really thrive in them and I'm just not one of them. (laughs) By extension, maybe maybe my kids aren't either right now. Um, And if I really break it down, do I want to at this point in time? Well, no, because sitting on the fringe of them actually allows me to do this work that I do in the world. And sitting on the fringe of them allows me to imagine other possibilities and I have to honour them and acknowledge their part, not cut them off or like shame them in myself. But I also kind of imagine myself dangling my legs in either, in either, on either side of them, that I can observe both. And so it's, it's kind of weird. It's a weird place to be. I've been here before, 
there's lots coming up. Um, I feel so supported and held by particularly the women I'm in relationship with. Um, I also find it very curious and interesting that I'm navigating this piece around learning as Tracy Kay and I offer Unbound, our regenerative business biome, into the world. And our vision for that is a space where we can fall back in love with online learning, that it's not a linear, hyper-structured, one-size-fits-all process that just like when I take my kids out into the bush and I watch them unravel and I watch my own body unravel and therefore I'm able to engage with and sort and filter that environment in a way that is truly authentic to me and my way of being and moving in the world. And I move toward in that environment, whatever it is I'm called to, and therefore I learn, right? That is what we want to create in Unbound. And so here I am with this, what feels like or has felt like in the past, an impossible challenge of running a business creating social impact, parenting probably full-time again, Um, and also having loving relationships in my community. And all of those things feel like they couldn't possibly coexist because it's like it's too much. It's like this plus this plus this plus this. But what I've been sitting with this morning is like what if it was – not this plus this plus this plus this. What if it was just a redistribution, a reimagining of the flows of resources within the whole system? And this is deeply how I see business as well. And instead of like losing my village, what if I'm reimagining it and recalibrating it and bringing in different resources into these places where there's been something lost or evolved and if I think about it that way it doesn't feel so impossible because what it is asking of me to do is to actually design my business in a fully regenerative way which is precisely what my deepest desire has been and I also have other desires which seem impossible but I know can be included here too. And I think when I just allow myself to let it all kind of be messy, I create this relaxation that allows me to see that even though I don't know how right now, that a different reconfiguration is possible and I know what it will require is the very things that I actually deeply desire to move toward or develop within myself to meet this new imagining and without these periods of massive discontent and discomfort and accumulation and wanting to look away and wanting it to be different and almost bursting with that deep desire to not accept what is on the other side of that surrender is liberation to reimagine and that's such a beautiful thing and I'm in awe of the women stepping into Unbound alongside us 
who all are speaking to the same thing, which is how can we unbind business to mean a certain thing? My challenge right now is like, I need to create a certain amount of income a month. That's just not an option for us not to have that. But how can I do that with less time? And what is required of me in that is to step even more into not what anyone else wants me to be, but what is my most authentic, impactful way of being in the world that's almost effortless for me to be and do. And then configuring my work around the balance and the diversity of consulting and coaching so that there's more balance in the whole field. We were never meant to develop business, I don't think, as one thing, as a monocrop. And if I zoom out and look at all that is moving in my life right now and what all my beautiful ecosystem is representing to me, it's that to bring balance back into a biome, it's not about stripping more things away. It's about bringing more diversity in and feeding that diversity And so the encouragement is not to like clamp down and be like create more rigidity, but to develop resilience, to be in the fluidity, which is why strongest desire in the work that I do in the world is to allow complexity, which is a part of being human to exist, but to build our capacity to be with it to build our vocabulary and our communication and our conversation around this complexity because capitalism and patriarchy have tried to strip all of the diversity out of our systems and actually what our microbiomes are calling for, what our business biomes are calling for, what our community biomes are calling for is more diversity into the system and bringing balance about in that way. And so I'm visioning how I move toward this place where there's flows within my life and my business for resources to move, but there's an unequivocal moving toward the places that I value most when those places need me. I think for so long I've tried to still have business and motherhood separate and I don't want to hide the fact anymore that I desire to be with my kids during this period of their lives it's deeply heal it's not even about them it's it's for me and healing me and I believe that it's possible to have that and to have a business but it's not going to look like anyone else is doing it it's not going to look like a monocrop a monoculture It's going to be different. And so how coming back to this thing that's been coming up within me about wanting to belong, how am I resourcing the parts of me that feel different? How am I really opening my arms and including them and loving them? You know, I have so many women come to me during our work one-on-one and in groups And they say, I'm stuck, I'm in this challenge, what should I do? And you know, most most of the time my answer is, just have a little compassion. 
for this messy transition bit. I think that we've become so accustomed to like, what do I do that we've forgotten? Just how do I want to be with this? How do I want to hold this tender piece, this tenderness right now? And I think that part of the diversity that we need to feed and bring in is compassion. Compassion for the parts that want to belong, that feel different. Compassion for the parts that want to be different and not be the same. Compassion for the parts that want the plan and compassion for the parts that want to rebel against the plan. And the more that we can hold all of that lightly and to see this particular challenge alongside a deeper faith and knowing, which I have, which has been built from six years of experimenting with this, that I can hold right now that I'm deeply in challenge And I don't know in the moment that it's all going to work out. But there's this deeper part of me that trusts this is part of it. This is part of my journey. This is part of her journey. This is part of my work. This is part of what is part of my tapestry of my journey, my legacy for my ancestors. And so I have deep faith and trust whilst at the same time having no fucking idea. (laughs) And I'm okay with those two parts. I feel the need to like rein this back in somehow, bring all the parts back together. But maybe that's just the thing is that I can't because I'm right in the middle of it. I really hope that by listening to this um that you feel as though maybe some of the challenges that you're experiencing have been named and that it's not something you're in alone but something really universal that many of us in this time space in this lifetime are grappling with and maybe maybe this is our generation's legacy piece is to really discern um do I want to belong here? And if we do, that's okay. But also having the courage to be different in other ways because potentially we're the first generation that has had the resourcing and safety to do so. So I hope that has been some pieces to ponder. Please know that I am safe and I am okay. I'm loved and resourced. I really, really am deeply grateful for your presence in this community, for you journeying alongside, even though maybe we've never met. If there's something that speaks to you in this, you know, the very fact is I can't do it alone and I'm calling in the people to reimagine it with me in unbound, one-on-one work, you know, within organisations where I'm leaning more into working, I'm really, really, really open to all the ways we can work together to begin this regeneration from the inside out. So, so much love to you. I hope you have a beautiful week. I will speak to you soon.